You are now tuned in to Poppy Chulo Radio. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Feliz Navidad. Have a very Merry Christmas. The following is a Poppy Chulo Radio original program. The views and opinions expressed in the commentaries and or interviews in the following program are solely those of the individuals and are not views of Poppy Chulo Radio, its parent, affiliate, or subsidiary companies. Welcome to Expect the Unexpected, Reindeer Games, a PoppyChulaRadio.com original series, Poppy Chula Radio, pop culture on demand. Today is Monday, December 11th, 2023, and I'm your host, Jeffrey Aruz. During this podcast, we'll be having an in-depth discussion on CBS's Big Brother, Reindeer Games. Please welcome my holly jolly co-host, Sansa's little helper, Michael Pena. <laughs> What's up, people? Merry Holidays. Merry holidays indeed, my friend. I can't believe it, but we are doing, we are podcasting the very first season ever of Big Brother, Reindeer Games. And I gotta ask you first, Mr. Pena, because this is a holiday-infused, Big Brother-adjacent competition. It's taking place in the Big Brother house, although it's now Santa's Lodge, and there's a whole bunch of Christmassy decoration and that sort of thing. But a lot of the Reindeer Games are very much classic Big Brother-style competitions. I want to get the answer to this question. Are you a big fan of the holidays, Mr. Pena? I love the holidays. I'm a big fan of almost every holiday. It just It brings out more positives than negatives in people, and you just see people in a happier mood, so I'm, I really like the holidays a lot. Same here. I am a holiday person, but for me specifically... Most importantly, from Halloween to New Year's is my favorite time of the year. And I'm a huge Christmas person. I'm the type of person that has the tree up, like, the week before Thanksgiving. No judgment, listeners. You can do whatever whatever you want to do. If you want to put it up Christmas Day, I'm not going to judge you. But um, for me, because it's traditional, like, as a kid, I remember we would have the tree up, you know, for Thanksgiving. So I love, like, I love decorating the tree. Uh, I'm an indoors decorating person. I'm not really an outdoor with the lights type of Christmas person. But, uh, yeah, let me throw down on the Christmas tree, and I am obscenely happy. What about you? Are you a big Christmas tree person, or are you an outdoor lights person, a little bit of both? I'm right there with you. From Halloween to the end of the year is the best holidays of the entire year. And I'm, I'm a little bit of both. I love decorating outside when I can with lights. And I love doing uh, some of the indoor. I'm more outdoor, personally, but I love both. I enjoy both. My wife loves to do the indoors, so it kind of works out. Very nice. All right, so we got to talk about this. Now that, now that the listeners know about our love and enjoyment of Christmas, we got to talk about premiere night. And before we dive into the nitty and the gritty, you know, who got cookies and coal, let's get into who is battling it out for the $100,000 grand 
surprise. We have nine allegedly BB legends. We're going to get into that, but let me read who they are first, and then I want I want you to break it down. Your first impressions, Mr. Pena, and then I'll go. So the nine contestants are Cody Calafiore from um, season 16 and the season 22 winner. We got Nicole Franzel from BB16 as well as BB22 and the season 18 winner. We got Frankie Grande, BB16. We got Taylor Hale the season 24 winner slash America's favorite player, the first person to ever win both. We have Cameron Harden from BB25. He was America's favorite player. We've got Brittany Haynes from uh, season 14 and season 12's America's favorite player. We've got Josh Martinez, BB19 winner, Xavier Prather, BB23 winner, and Danielle Reyes from... uh, BB3, the runner-up, and BB7, the first All-Stars, the official All-Stars season. So, those are nine contestants, nine house guests, nine lodge guests. I don't know what they're calling them, but you know what they are. Tell me about them. I want your first impressions. When you heard they were going to be on, your first impressions. If they change throughout the night, we're going to get into that when we break down the episode. But right now, first impressions. Okay, I wasn't a fan of a few of them. Same. I didn't mind. Co- I didn't mind Cody. I just I get tired of him. He is. I don't know. It's nothing special. He's good, right? He's entertaining. Just I'm not a fan. Nothing against him. Taylor, I was. I didn't like her very much. Like I'm not, again, nothing against her. Thought she was cool. I don't see her as a great player per se. That's just me. X, I love. He can. He's very confident. That's the proper word, right? And I, I think that'll be very good for this game show wise. I do not like Josh, never have, but I understand they need a heel. You want a bad guy essentially. He's an annoying bad guy, but I can see why they put him in because he's very different. The way he acts, his attitude, he can get vindictive in a heart second. So I can see why they put him. I ugh, I didn't care right there. I was already like, ugh. Nicole maybe I'm just being very pessimistic. She's okay. It's nothing grand, you know, nothing to me, nothing special. Uh, I love Brittany because she gives the best interviews and the best, like, one-liners or her responses and her thought process is so detailed and honest. It's hilarious. Like, whether it be good or bad, I really enjoy her honesty. And I'll talk about it more later in the episode. Uh, Daniel Rand, I just love her. Who doesn't love her, dude? Like, honestly? Like, she's just awesome, and she's another one that's just very, she's very honest. She's not putting on a character. She's not fake. That is who she is, you know what I mean? And I appreciate that about her. So I was happy to see hers. Uh, Cameron, I was actually excited because he's a comp person. This seemed like a very, supposed to be competition-based, right? So I was actually excited to see him be on there. I would have liked Heisem, too, but he wasn't. Uh, Frankie, no, absolutely not. I just, yeah, the fact that. He's even on there because he's a quote-unquote legend. Throws me off. Josh is also not a legend. Cam just came out, but I can see potential if he continues, but no. Uh, Who am I missing? Did I get everyone? I believe you got everyone. Yes. Yeah, because only nine, right? Yeah, it's only nine. I think I got everybody. 
All right. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I wasn't. Yeah, that was my impression. My impression was like, uh, okay. You know, maybe out of like the nine, I was happy to see like two or three of them. But that was like Brittany, uh, Danielle, and X, and Cameron. So four. So almost half. The rest, I'm like, uh, we'll see. <laughs> it's funny. What about you? What was your first? What were your initial thoughts? Okay, it's funny because we spent BB25 kind of agreeing with each other, and I guess the um, the honeymoon <laughs> the period is over. Just because it's a little different for me. Like, I had four that I was looking forward to, and I had five that I wasn't much like you, but it's just different. So I'll start off with the people that I wasn't looking forward to. Um, And I'm going to go in order of, of like, the most I'm not really looking forward to. If I'm being fully honest, Cameron I was not looking forward to just because he's not a BB legend. He is not. And if this is, you know, if they were, like, billing this as legends, you know, of the game... I'm sorry, Cameron, you were just on BB25. You are not a legend. This is the same thing like when that fake All-Stars, uh, I, I call BB22 All-Stars with air quotes because of all the pre-gaming and, and that sort of thing, so I don't really consider it a real All-Stars. It's kind of like when that season had, uh, what were their names, Nicole and David from the previous season on as All-Stars in air quotes. They were not All-Stars. So Cameron is not an All-Star. He... um what ended up happening to him it was appropriate because he was not an all-star. Like, he should not have been there. I'm sorry. I don't think anybody from BB25 really should have been there unless it was, like, Sari, who's, like, a, a legend in reality television. And she wasn't going to do this. You know what I'm saying? She wanted to go home to Honey. Anyway, so, yeah. So Cameron should not have even been there. Sorry, Cameron. And, okay, next in order. I was not looking forward to seeing Cody. I do not like Cody. I don't like the stuff he says about other house guests on his little podcast. Um, I, I don't think he is this great player that you were saying. We saw what kind of competitive player he is on the traders. Without great. Derek there, he is nothing. He was like a deer in the headlights this episode, and that's what I, ex- what I expected him to be. So watching him kind of fail at reality television, competition-wise, socially, was kind of brilliant to see, because he also talks shit about social games and that sort of stuff on his little podcast. Much like we sort of talk shit about people on our podcast, but you know what I'm saying. But but he's allegedly a legend, and so I'm very judgmental about him on how he does it and he, how he handles it. And I also don't think he's that great of a player. It, you know, he rode Derek's coattails, and in essence, during BB22, with all the pre-gaming that Derek did for him, that's how he kind of ended up winning. Anyway... Uh, let's see, who else was I not look, looking forward to in order? I would say Josh is probably next as far as people I wasn't looking forward to seeing just because, like, I don't watch the challenge because I know he's on it. I would love to watch the challenge because I feel like it, it sounds interesting and, um, you know, it seems like a fun competition, but I know he's on it and I still have a horrible taste in my mouth from season 19. I think he's the first Latino that won, so props to my Latino brother, but he was not the best representative. He was basically evil dick light. You know, all he did in the house to sort of bully and torment people was pretty much what evil dick did, and so he wasn't really even original with his yat-da-da-da-da-da and pots and pans and stuff. Um, so yeah, so I was not looking forward to Josh. Uh, Frankie Grande, I mean, 
I don't feel like he's a BB legend. Cody said in this episode that he thought Frankie was the best player to ever play Big Brother. I mean, Cody, you're already on my shit list. Like, you saying that was even proof. Like, that you, as a Big Brother analyst in a podcast, is kind of laughable. By saying that Frankie is the best player to ever play Big Brother. No, sir. That is not factually accurate. I understand he's your friend, but that's still not factually accurate. Um, So I was not looking forward to Frankie. Uh, I, I wasn't. And who else was I not? Oh, Franzel. I don't even call her Nicole. I call her Franzel. I do not like Franzel. Um, I did not like any of the times that she played. I did not even care when she won. I I find her to be very anti-women. She always gravitates towards kind of like the jocks to kind of carry her to the end. I don't respect her as a game player at all. I find her whiny and annoying. And yeah, so those are the five that I did not care to see. So when, you know, when it's announced, I was like, Ugh, are they going to suck me in? Because I, I did have four that I was looking forward to. And this is in no particular, well, no, yes, in particular order. Danielle Reyes is, I love her. I think she is amazing. In my opinion, one of the best Big Brother players to ever play to never win. She should have won season three. She really should have. And listeners, if you disagree with me, if you think Lisa should have won, go back and actually rewatch season three and take off your little rose-colored glasses. Because what she did, she was basically Dr. Will. She was. She was the villain that you loved to hate. She was brilliant in all of her moves. Were her diary room sessions a little extra? Yes. And did that piss off the people? Yes. Why didn't Dr. Will's diary session piss off the people? Well, there's a difference. Dr. Will is a white man who's bathed in white privilege, and Danielle is a black woman. And, uh, you know, say what you want to say, but I feel racism was involved. Like, the, the house guests did not like a black woman talking about them in that kind of way, and that's why she lost. And fortunately... You know, the one good thing that happened with her loss is that jury became a thing. So, but yeah, she should have won season three. And if if you don't believe me, go back and rewatch it because season three is an excellent season. I actually own it on DVD because it was like the only season that they ever released completely on DVD. Next, Brittany Haynes. Brittany, as you said, is the best. Her diary room sessions are legendary. I knew she was going to bring it. And she's another really great player that, unfortunately, just has never won. Like, she entertains me. She's just, she's fantastic. I was super excited to see her. And then both Taylor and Xavier, I enjoy them. I like that they won. You know, um, would I have preferred maybe Tiffany to have won Xavier's season? Maybe just because she was a, she was like the strategist and the brains behind the cookout. But X sort of comp beasting his way to the end. I have to give props and respect to that. And and I just adore Taylor. Um, so, yeah. Anyway, but I will say this. My mind kind of changed with some of the people that I just referenced that I was not looking forward to seeing. And that I just sort of picked their game apart. Um, stay tuned in regards to who's, who changed my mind, sort of, a little bit, maybe. Okay. Mr. Pena, let's get into this. So, our girl, Julie Chen Moonves, is not hosting this. We see Santa in his workshop, voiced by the Big Brother announcer. I don't even know if that was the actual announcer in that chair, or if the, the man was being dubbed. 
But that was the announcer's voice as Santa. And he introduces us, or I should say the, the uh, Lodge guests, to um, what the game is about. It's something about saving the children, saving Christmas, this, that, or the other. But at the end of the day, we know this is a competition for 100k. And the last person standing will win. There will be an elimination every episode. There are six episodes uh, leading to the finale, which will have four contestants battling out for the actual, or during the actual reindeer games. So for right now, though, there are going to be three competitions each episode. The first one is the Naughty and Nice Challenge. The second one is the Jingle Bell Brawl. And the final one is Santa's showdown. Santa will have three magical elves, aka past Big Brother players, who will show up and basically host the challenges. As of right now, just based off of the um, the format of the very first episode that we just saw, it looks like it's just one former house guest per episode. That I find this kind of strange. I mean, at the end of the day, because they're going to have three former house guests, you know, hosting stuff. Why not just have either one or two that are there at the same time? Like, I don't understand why it's three. It's very, it's a little strange. Could be, could be scheduling reasons. Could be scheduling. You are right about that. It yeah. is the holidays. You know what I mean? They got they're flying in every time. True. Although I heard a rumor that this film just a couple days after BB Twenty Five ended. Um, I don't know the f- filming dates. No one seems to know them. So maybe that'll drop as these episodes start dropping. But, um, yeah. Anyway, so Jordan, BB-11 winner and veteran, uh, she is hosting all of the challenges in this premiere night. And immediately there was sort of scheming and plotting and, and all this kind of stuff. Uh, do you want to talk a little bit about that first, or do you want to just jump into the yeah, Naughty Nice Challenge? No. Let's, no, let's talk about it. Okay, scheming and plotting under That's the Christmas tree. Maybe it's just me. Let, let, let me know if you disagree or don't disagree. It was the typical, right? I already knew Frankie had that relationship with Cody. That was going to happen. And it's kind of funny, right, because they're trying to scheme and make a team, but it's going to come down to comps, which I like, actually, because now it's not just luck. It's just, like, you got people that can play the game physically. So I found it very interesting, just kind of watching it, and I noticed this on even kind of Survivor in past series, but I noticed that the the people of color kind of like got together, essentially forming a group and not, you know, really entertaining anyone else. In, initially, right, that's just what it shows. And I, just, I found it interesting, like that's the way it kind of worked and kind of got together, and I can kind of see that because I remember being younger, and it's whether it's intentional or unintentional, it kind of happened. And I want to get your thoughts on that. Because they kind of came together pretty quickly. And I guess they seemed more comfortable with one another. And I guess maybe previous past experiences. But I just thought that was kind of interesting where it looked like you had a division already already based on that. What are your thoughts on that? Do you think it was just kind of coincidental? Or maybe it's just, you know, once you're comfortable, you know, with something, you're just kind of comfortable with it. I think it's a mixture of both, to be quite honest. I, I think it's, you know... I don't know if it was intentional, intentional. I think the thing about nowadays with reality television, especially over the past, I don't know how long CBS has been doing this, um, four years? I know CBS, maybe three years. I know CBS did a big thing. Remember they announced that they were going to do basically much more diverse 
CAS in regards to their reality competitions. Like they came out with this big statement that uh, Big Brother, Survivor, Amazing Race, I think those were all the big ones at the time. Um, yeah, that they were yes, all. Yeah, that they were all going to go through um, a much more diverse casting process, and we have seen that on Big Brother. I mean, you know, what was it? You know, for pretty much twenty seasons, it was or twenty one, hell, twenty two seasons. I think it was after All Stars. Um, it was. I think it was in, in response to the Black Lives Matter movement and and the sort of uh, request for diversity in Hollywood. Um, that, you know, remember, like, the early seasons, I mean, there was always, like, maybe, maybe two, maybe max three BIPOC people on the shows, and so it's not like, you know, the POCs could even align with each other, because there weren't any, I mean, it was a white-dominated competition, and so with the changes, I mean, I think some of it is maybe just, you know, I, I associate myself more with you, and that sort of thing. I'll be honest, I was surprised that Josh was somebody who was behind it. But then again, when Josh was on, I mean, there it wasn't like half the cast was BIPOC. So, I mean, I thought that was right. interesting. I don't know how he is on the challenge. As I said, you know, I'm not the biggest fan of Josh. And um, I don't know if, if, you know, he gravitates more to the BIPOC people on the challenge. It was interesting, though. Like, it really was a kind of refreshing a little bit. Um, I will say this. If we're talking about just people aligning with each other... I hate the fact that there are three fucking people from BB-16. That makes no damn sense to me. Why? Why are there three people from the same damn season? There are how many house guests that have been on Big Brother? There are 25 seasons, and there are three people from BB-16 that might have had a pre-existing relationship. Fortunately, we find out that Franzel has had a falling out with Cody, but the fact that Frankie and Cody already have a relationship, that just makes no sense to me. Why did they let this happen? There are so many other people that they could have chosen. Clearly, I think Frankie was already going to be chosen based off of his um, preseason stuff in in bb25 with Brittany and um danielle so why invite cody also i wrote a little rumor i'm i'm calling it a rumor but i'm i'm gonna say it's probably fact because big brother queen janelle said this on social media apparently rachel was in discussion to join this and uh, big brother allegedly left her on on read and invited Franzel instead. Wow, that's weird. That's an allegation Janelle made, and I believe Janelle. I don't feel like Janelle. I mean, she's the one that that uh, officially Why confirmed. Why would you not invite a real comp beast? Yeah, I mean, uh, Janelle is the one that sort of over, the, over this past summer officially confirmed that there was pre-gaming. I guess you know the um, what do you call it? The uh, the NDAs had expired. Um, <laughs> But yeah, like, so I, I trust what she's saying, and, and she is friends with Rachel, and she is, you know, anti-Franzel, so there is that little thing, but I, I do believe she was being honest. I mean, what, what would she have gained out of saying Rachel was supposed to be on, and why is Franzel on, you know? 
what I want to bring up before I forget was, so you had X, Danielle, Taylor, and Josh, kind of unofficially, as uh, Xavier said, unofficial alliance, right? But I really love Danielle's interview saying, oh, yeah, I'm with them, as long as it serves me. Correct. It was oh, very surreal of her. her. I love, yeah, yeah, thank you. I l- that's a game player, man. That's like, oh, I, I, I like the little scheming going on. I completely agree. I didn't like that it was Cody and Frankie because what you end up doing was this. And this is why I didn't like the fact that it was just kind of cam only from the previous season was because it you it made it very obvious as we're going to find out later, right? He's on an island. He has no one relationship with anybody. And he has he no social skills, as we know. Yes. But I was about to say this. I guess no, we'll talk about it later just so I can bring it up and say something about Josh. But, yeah, so it was interesting to see that because you don't – you don't really have enough time, right? Every, it's in a day. It's actually a lot quicker than they're going to, re- you know, soon to realize that everything happens one day, one day, one day, then we're done. So it was very quick conversating. And it was just, it's interesting, interesting to see where the alliances are going to be or how they have the conversations throughout this game. So it was, it's going to be interesting. Today was very interesting for sure. Yeah, you're right about that. I do agree with you. Um, like, I love that all the BIPOCs were aligned together but i also loved what danielle said and she, it was very sari um i'm not gonna not to take away what danielle did but like when sari and bb25 was like oh yeah i'm down with the bye bye bitches but you know if at some point this isn't gonna work for me i'm gonna say bye bye bitches it's just a sort of paraphrase what she actually said in the diary room in one of the earlier episodes of bb25 for me like i understood what she was saying though like she's gonna align with three winners why would she do that? Like, it makes no damn sense. Like, she wants to win. And if I'm being fully honest, I would love for a non-BB winner to win, if I'm being fully, fully honest. Let's get into it now. I mean, we know who was evicted, um, or eliminated, I should say, this first episode. But let's get into predictions. Might as well, before we get into any of the other challenges and that sort of thing. Yes, I love predictions. Who would you like to win? You can pick up to two. Who would you like to win this? Oh. It, it, it's obvious. I love these two ladies because of the dimension to the game that they bring. Lord, genuine. We're, we're going to say the same people. Yes, we are, bro. I'll, I'll say one. You'll, you'll say the second one. My first one, I'm going to say just because I think she's hilarious. And I, I didn't think I would like her, but I loved her at the end of her season. Granted, she was never had, she never had a shot. Uh, Brittany, I would love to see her win. And the second person, I'm, and I assume I know you're going to say, so I want you to say her name. Franzel, of course. No. <laughs> <laughs> Danielle Reyes. Okay, so we might not have agreed on our hot takes with everybody, but we will agree. Yes, I want either Brittany or Danielle to win. The, I want the people that have not won to win this. Like, I, either one of them, I would be happy. As of this episode... It doesn't look like they're, I mean, they, they, they were kind of chatting and they teamed up for a moment. Like, I hope they realize they need to team up and do some plotting and scheming and all that kind of stuff. Um, yes. I will also say, since we're just talking about plotting and scheming, I had no idea that, I didn't know that Brittany and Franzel were, like, tight. And I kind of knew they had a falling out, but I didn't know that it was, like, a falling out that was still falling out. Like, that was interesting. Um, so, yeah. Yes, and I figured she was like that. The way she didn't forget about Cody screwing her in the previous game. Because mm-hmm. I forgot what it was. Brittany was talking crap about her. 
I had to do a little bit of research because people started talking about it online as it was happening. So apparently it was during that fake All-Stars season. Something was going on in the house and the house guests, not the house guests, the viewers and the BB alums that were watching that season, they had a problem with how Ian was being treated in the house. And I don't want to, I know that Ian... Because uh, I, I don't want to say I don't want to say that Ian is this, but then I'm wrong. You know what I'm saying? I don't want to miss. Is it? I don't know if he's autistic I, or if he's. Or you could say he's on the spectrum. You could I, say he's that. on the spectrum, like, and I believe he wasn't fully out on the spectrum, um, but or he had like recently started talking that he was on the spectrum, and um, the viewers as and past BB alums didn't like how. You know, the the people in power, Cody, Franzel, Christmas, uh, I think maybe even Donato was in there, how they were treating Ian, like knowing that he was on the spectrum and that sort of thing. And, And they felt that it was like just extra bullying to him. And I know that Janelle and, uh, Brittany were very, very vocal about their disgust with the house. Or maybe it might not have been Janelle. Uh, well, maybe Janelle, because she had been evicted by then. Um, but I know that they were very vocal about Ian's treatment in the house. And I think that's what it had to do with this. Unfortunately, there are no live feeds, so we could not see that extended conversation, because you know they were talking about behind-the-scenes stuff. You know they were being very honest about it. They were talking much more clearly about what was going down. And the way that it was edited, it was very much a light, like, oh, she was talking about, you know, on the internet and that sort of thing. If we only had live feeds, oh, that would have been chef's kiss, because we would have seen that entire conversation. Um, But yeah, so it was that. Which, you know what, if if that is the case, because uh, I do remember something like that happening. I just don't remember word for word and think the Heavens Twitter, BB Twitter, kind of reminded me a little bit about it. Um, then props to Brittany, and, and she should have stood up for her friend Ian. Because I do remember they were treating him kind of like shit. Especially when they were going to evict him, and that's sort of because he wasn't a part of their pregame alliance. Anyway. Alright, so let's get into the Naughty and Nice Challenge. So remember, there are three challenges. The first one is the Naughty and Nice Challenge. The Naughty and Nice Challenge will, at least this time around, um, because they, uh, Jordan said that the games will kind of change, and the powers or prizes or whatever will change as well. This time around, the winner of the Naughty and Nice Challenge will get an advantage in the Jingle Bell Brawl, and they will be able to assign a fellow contestant a disadvantage. The competition was, I will say, very simple. There were three present boxes around the house. Uh, Jordan would open the boxes, and there were hints to a well-known Christmas carol. I will tell you, when I saw the little house, you know, like a Christmas village house, I was already leaning towards the answer. And when I saw the up, finger pointing up, I knew it. And once I saw the top... I was already sold. Like, I had figured it out very early on. Brittany ends up winning this, and she gets the advantage, and she puts Cody on the naughty list. Okay, so let's talk about the competition. Let's talk about the scheming on how Cody got on the naughty list. What did you think of the competition? Was it easy for you? Did you figure it out early? I did. Um, Oh, yeah. As soon as I saw the finger, I was like, I knew this song, because she sang this song, and she gave the wrong name to Danielle. Old Saint Nick, yeah, it was not that. Yeah, 
was like, that's not the, I was like, that has it in it, but it's not the correct, that's not the title. But I did figure it out quickly. And I was like, oh, there we go. As soon as I saw top, the, the whole name, but I knew the song, like the words. The advantage, let's be honest, the advantage sucked. A stupid advantage. It there was no advantage. There was no disadvantage. It was horrible. Re- really, was it a disadvantage? One? Yes, it's a disadvantage because now you 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 basically put the target on someone who you're going to be against 100. percent Cody now knows Brittany will never work with him. Oh, okay. So it ends okay. Up being a disadvantage okay, I feel you on that. In that aspect, and the disadvantage to Cody. Oh, you get one extra letter. Really, it made no difference because of the way we saw the game play out. Okay, I that is true, yeah. I would have thought maybe, what, an extra few less or something. You know, like a real advantage. I'm sorry. Having one less trip, it was like, no. It, in this type of game, the way it is played, since everyone can kind of attack everyone at the same time, it made zero sense. That's why Brittany was as bummed out as we were. Like, dude, this sucks. Safety would have made sense. Or maybe safety in a sense where you can't play, so someone else has can, can win and then have that decision power, or whatever. But yeah, I didn't, I didn't like it. I thought it was cheap. I thought it could have been way better. But that the game to win the power was fun, and I kind of like that. I actually like that they throw in a power because it almost reminds me of Survivor now, where you can win a potential, you know, power of immunity or uh, an advantage in the game to be safe. So in that aspect, I, I like. What did you think about, what are your thoughts on this simple game? And, of course, what, did, what were your thoughts on the, the advantage given? It was a simple game. It was a simple game, but I liked it. To be quite honest, if there was anything that I was incredibly worried about was the fact that I was like, oh, no. Is this all gonna just going to be physical challenges? Like, is this you know, Big Brother's version of the challenge where they're going to have to, like, leap from cars and stuff and repel from buildings and all that type of shit. I was like, no, because there aren't comp beasts in in this show. You know, there are some comp beasts, I'm saying. Well, let me rephrase what I'm saying. There are comp beasts on this show, but the the ones that I want to win aren't really known to be comp beasts. So I was very, very worried. So the fact that we had kind of like a puzzle, you know, a, a mental competition in the beginning was brilliant. And I was so excited for that. I, as I've mentioned up on the house top, I felt it was very obvious. Um, the fact that ugh, Josh, Feliz Navidad, really dude, like you weren't really a jock when you were there for your first season. You were calling all the jocks meatballs. Like, are you a meatball now? Like, cause that was that was such a blonde type of guess. The worst, anyway. But it was funny. But I was like, really, dude? Are you serious? Anyway, um, I love that Brittany figured it out. I love that she won. I agree with you. It was a little bit of disadvantage to sort of like you know put a line in the sand already. But you know what? There there are only few episodes. Like, might as well start drawing all the lines. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm perfectly fine with that. I agree with you. Maybe they should have given Cody, like, three more letters or something. I don't know. Um, but, I, yeah, yeah. We're going to get into that competition in, in a moment. Um, but I did like that everybody, at least in the beginning, was targeting Cody. Like, everyone's like, we need to get Cody out, we need to get Cody out. Say what you want to say about Taylor, because I know she's not your favorite, but I thought her diary rooms were giving, and I loved that she was like, we need to get Cody out. 
Like, he okay. is on my hit list. You opened up my little Pandora's box. I just want to say something, and I won't bring it up for another day. But I personally don't like I, – I guess maybe it's just me. It, it's, I, 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 mind you, I get the same way when I talk about Josh. Josh is super cocky because he won a season. I felt he should not have won, right? It was given it to him because it was to vote against Paul, not for Josh, just to clarify that. Now, Taylor isn't as bad to me because Josh was just horrible. And Taylor, I was okay with. I liked her in the beginning. You know, it was fine. I don't like the way she – I feel like she she's too overconfident for my taste for someone that thinks so highly for themselves in the game. And I don't see her as a legend. I really don't. And I feel like she's like, oh, it's simple. You just do this. Oh, it's it just like this. And it's like it bothers me. Like it annoys me more, to be honest, is that you're not that good. And the same way it annoys me when Josh goes, oh, Cameron's a newbie. I'm like, bro, you only play Big Brother once. I almost saw Josh as much as a newbie in this game than Cameron. Because they've only appeared once. They have the same number of appearances, I believe. I'm not mistaken. Everyone else but Frankie like, has appeared more than once. And, yeah, I guess I guess for me, she talks very high and mighty for someone that, yes, you won AVP. Yes, you won. Well, no, there are, uh, there are a bunch of people that only have appeared once. No, no, I'm talking about in, uh, in, the, in this season. On Big Brother, Frankie's only done one season of Big Brother. One, Josh, Cameron has done one season of Big Brother. Josh has oh, done yeah, one season of Big Brother. Xavier has done one season of Big Brother, and Taylor has done one oh, season of Big Brother. Yeah, that's a good point. Maybe I just don't like Josh the most. I'll just be honest. No, you don't like Josh, and it's fine. No, and you don't, don't like Taylor. See, I saw her completely well, look, different than you. Right, I enjoyed I her diary. I, I don't dislike her, like straight up. I just I'm not a fan of hers because, like, I really dislike Josh. I guess for me, I don't know. Maybe she. That's just me. But yeah, I just I, I like her talk because I felt like she like she makes it seem like she played a masterful game, and to me, I don't think she did until the end. I give her credit actually. To the end of her season, she did. But that's just me. And then Josh is just being Josh, who I'm really interested to see once we get further. Or, you know, the next episode, the next tomorrow would be. I want to see how I really want to see Danielle play the way she played her first season. Yes. I feel like she has a really big opportunity. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like this is her shot. And you brought up a good point that I'm very happy. Because I was scared, too. Is it going to all be physical? But they threw in the mental, which is great. Because I feel like they're going to be hopefully switching it up, you know, between the This is what BB-25 should have been. Thank you. I 1,000% agree. But I think there's a great opportunity here. And then right now you can describe when we go into the game. But I feel like they have a lot of chances to make what the full season should be like within this trial run of a short game yes my hope is that they're testing out competitions for next season like what is working this that or the other that is my hope like i hope that the something from this mini season you know ends up inspiring the next season of uh regular big brother but before we get into the other competition i just want to say this out loud because uh, I sort of teased, you know, there were a couple of contestants that previous house guests that my mind kind of changed for in this episode. And you're not going to agree with me. And it's Ooh. fine. It's fine. It, it's fine. Ooh, go for it. But because I listed five that I just was not looking forward to seeing. And I can't believe I'm going to say this, but two of them actually sort of changed my mind. And one of them didn't change my mind, but I was interested. I can't believe I'm going to say this out loud. But I actually found myself 
enjoying Josh in this episode. Like, I didn't like the pots and the pans, so I'm so glad he just did that once. You know, as sort of like, I'm back, but that, that, whatever. But I found him actually entertaining in the diary rooms, and I, I did not mind him. It looks like he's grown up a little bit as a person. Maybe it's all the challenge stuff. I don't know. But um, I actually, I, I didn't mind him. Now, if he, l- listen, in the next episode, if he goes batshit crazy, and he, if he shows his true colors, then maybe I might be like, Ugh. But in this first episode, I really thought he was going to be the most annoying, and I was not annoyed by him. And... I don't know if it was all that BB-25 stuff. I don't think he's a legend. I do not think he is the best player to ever play Big Brother, as Cody said. But I did not mind Frankie, and I actually enjoyed his sort of insanity and over-the-top and campiness. He was pure camp. He was theater. He was Broadway. He was grande. I don't know what shining bright like a Frankie is, but I did not mind it at all in this episode. He was cracking me up. So maybe it's the Christmas cheer, I don't know, but I did not mind Frankie this episode. And even though I do not care for her, and I do not want her to win, and I still will shit on everything she's done in Big Brother up to this point, I actually found Franzel interesting because she's anti-Cody. And if I were to pick out of the two of them, I, I dislike Cody much more than I dislike her at this point. So I am intrigued by their feud. I loved when she smiled when uh, or smirked, whatever you want to call it, when he was selected to be on the naughty list. Um, I, I think she is anti-women, and I do not believe she will team up with all the women and go with them to the end. Uh, but I, I was not... I, I was actually okay with Franzel, weirdly enough. Um, yeah. And not to say, once again, that I'm rooting for her. At all. But I was okay with Franzel. Just because she's anti-Cody. You, you know, honestly, I could agree with you on the Frankie one, because I know I really shit on him. Yeah, but we're all going to shine as, bright like a Frankie. As as a gameplay, like, as of right now, like, forget the nonsense of titles, And he is right? a comp beast. We do have to remember that. Yeah. Like, he really did oh. good in competitions this season. So there was that one competition, remember, where uh, he was paired up with... Uh, the guy, the buff guy, and, and the buff guy wasn't going to help him out, and he had to do it by himself. Oh, yes, 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 yes. Oh, yeah, he ended up winning it. Oh, the yeah, the football-themed yes, one. The football one, yeah. So, yeah. you know, we kind of shit on Frankie because he can be very extra and over the top, and I don't know, yeah. I don't know if he's really a legend, but no, he's, he, is, he was entertaining. Yes, I was going to say, from a competitive standpoint, forget all the outside stuff, right? television and he's a good competitor and he's he's playing the game that's what you want and with josh i have my previous biases and you're right he wasn't as bad and if it continues i can acknowledge hey i'm happy to see him as of right now i'm still not <laughs> as a big fan but i, I feel see, you well, i can honestly see why you said that like it's not like blasphemy or anything franzo is just franzo i'm always going to find her annoying i don't think she'd have ever won she's always carried personally She's never done anything except randomly have a win here and there that would happen to help herself. That's it. But anyways, let's go to our first big game. Leave All on, right. Sir. The Jingle Bell Brawl. It is a very simple game. You know, it's it's similar-ish to, like, stuff we've seen on Big Brother in the past. You know, there there is, like, a thin bar that you have to traverse if you fall off the bar. 
you have to start all over again. But the concept is, is that they are sorting mail for Santa in the candy cane forest. And everyone has letters that they have to sort. And, um, you know, you can, you, you can put your letters in any of your fellow competitors' slots. The whole thing is, is that you hope to have the least amount of letters. Because, you know, once you deliver the letters, you have to sort the letters out, a.k.a. remove them from the slots and then take, take them to, uh, you know, the other side. And the person that has the least amount of letters to do ends up winning because they do it in the fastest amount of time, you know, and, and the person that has the most clearly is, is going to lose because they will take a long time to have to sort their letters. Um, weirdly enough, you know, because of the whole, you know, target Cody, target Cody, as the game was being played, you know, as I, as I referenced, the advantage for Brittany, she gets one less letter, Cody gets one more. At the end of it all, it really didn't even matter, because Cody wasn't even being targeted. Cameron was being targeted. Now, I will also say, what I thought was kind of brilliant, uh, Frankie loudly said, I'm just going to give one to everybody. So I thought that was a brilliant game move on his part. So props to him on that. Frankie does end up winning. And clearly Cameron was the target, because his mailbox was filled the most. Yes. So, before we get into what Frankie does with the power, um, because, you know, it, it, there's a whole Santa showdown situation, let's talk about the Jingle Bell Brawl. What did you think of it, and was it was a little bit delightful, a little schadenfreude, to watch Cody topple? I have mixed feelings on this game. I like the game itself. I thought it was a great concept, right? And it kind of shows immediately, kind of like what X said, like, who are you working with? Who are you against? Yes, it was funny to see Cody fall. But I'm glad he was okay, because it could have gone really bad the way he fell. But it was funny because he didn't die, so it was hilarious. It was funny because he didn't die. Yeah, much like, <laughs> our, much like our girl, um, Butterbeans. Yeah, she, yeah, she got really messed up her leg worse, but yeah, exactly. It's funny when they're still okay. Uh, well, yeah, because, you know, again, I agree. Frankie was very smart in what he did, but it seemed kind of obvious. Like, I don't think it mattered. Smart, but at the same time, it's like, okay, like, whatever. Like, everyone's essentially going to do that, right? But it gave the whereabouts to Cody, okay, they're all after me, straight up. It kind of gave that away. And then I love the fact that, or I dislike the fact that they're it all after Cameron. But it made sense because he is, they brought up a good point. They don't know him. They've never played with him. They never really talked to him. They're all going to go after him. And I thought that was kind of cheap. It was a very easy win. Because after after today, there's no more easy wins. There's no easy target. You know what I mean? Yeah. Now they have to go after someone they supposedly knew or supposedly had their back. And that's why I felt like it was a really big cop-out you know, to go after Cameron. It, it kind of made it. Like, okay, they're going to go after him. But I just thought it was also funny that Franzel took it personal because Cody put one in her box. You know what? Listen. So she started... Listen, dude. I thought it was funny. If I'm going to give Cody any props, his imitation of Franzel in the diary room, I will give him props. He did that one thing good in this episode. He did. I, I, I agree. And so yeah. I was curious. I wonder, Frankie brought up a good point to it, Xavier. 
They just see who everyone is going after, and they follow suit, right? It's the mob mentality. So whoever, everyone else is go, going after as long as it's not me, right? And because Josh was like, yeah, I threw all mine at. Josh was the only one that literally put 100% of his in cameras. <laughs> you saw Xavier spread it out a bit. You saw Danielle give a couple here and there to Frankie. You saw, you know, it was, it was even Taylor, I think, spread it out as well, like with Cody. But Josh is like, yeah, put, I just, I'm sorry, when they interviewed him, I just started cracking up. He's like, yeah, I used to do all mine to Cameron. <laughs> and and that's what it was. It was just it was one of those games where it was a team game. And I felt like once that happened, I kind of figured, like, man, there's no way they don't go after him. And that's exactly what they did. But I felt like I think this would be a great game. Agree or disagree with me, Jeff. This would be a good one to play early on in the season. Oh, totally. I like Yes. Like, um, right? it's, it reminded me a little bit like what they did in BB25 oh, the towards the end with, uh, you know, the, the ball rolling one where you have to knock people out, but you have to announce who your target is. Yes. Remember, we said we love that game, and we said we'd love to see it a little bit earlier, too. You know, to just, you know, hey, reveal your cards. You know, who are you targeting? Like, I think any type of game that sort of stirs the pot where, like, you want to win it, but you also kind of have to show your cards a little bit. I think all those types of games are really interesting. So I would love to see something similar to this on Big Brother. Hell, I, if I'm being honest, I would love to see the next competition as well on Big Brother, but we haven't gotten there yet, but, yeah, we're going to get into it. Um, to co-sign with what you're saying, or at least to sort of expand upon it, like, I understand why you're saying it is the cheap way out. And I agree with you, it is the cheap way out. But at the end of the day, I don't think it's just that they don't know Cameron. Because I think if they would have dropped almost anybody else from BB25 in that house, they would have had a good social game, and they would have found a way to not have been the first target. Like, drop Miss Felicia in the house. Drop Sari in the house. Drop Izzy into the house. Drop, um... I can't even think of now other people because um, those were all sort of my favorites. But um, drop up Jared. Well, maybe <laughs> not Jared. Um, but drop almost anybody into that house, and I think Corey. I think you know. I think they would have, uh, with their charisma, with their social game. I think they would have. Uh, they would like they would have fanned out, you know what I'm saying? Like they would have shown an appreciation to the legends. Hell, they might have even been a little self-deprecating. Like I don't know why I'm here. You know, y'all are the legends, and I think that would have ingratiated themselves with the house. Cameron, if he was the same Cameron that we saw on the live feeds, he was probably by himself. He was not really connecting with anybody, and all this kind of stuff. And if that's the Cameron they got, I can understand why they got rid of him. Yeah, because he was giving nothing. Like he was, he would have been giving less than what Xavier was giving to Brittany during their one-on-one -on -one conversation. <laughs> you know, a big plate of air. Um, can I just say, Brittany, when she the the reads she did on her fellow house guests, from Cameron looking haggard to uh, Xavier giving her a plate of air. Like, all of that was just brilliant. I, I miss Brittany in the diary room. Hell, I need a, just a show of Brittany reading people for filth in the diary room. Like, that just, it brought me joy. 
May I also just say when Frankie won and he was like, everyone get behind me and let's prance and nobody pranced behind him. <laughs> oh, it was so amazing because I think he really believed somebody would have. In I fact, think he thought somebody was going to prance. Even better. It was, it was beautiful. But you know what? Let's give it to Frankie. He's going to entertain us, whether he's going to look bad and funny or he's going to be wild and showing out. It's going to be entertaining, I feel like, regardless. Yes. So I give him that. He will always shine bright like a Frankie. Yes. Yeah, that was weird. Okay. <laughs> so let, let's continue on. So Frankie being the winner of the Jingle Bell Brawl, that means, number one, he is safe from elimination for the day. But also, in essence, in kind of head of household-ish abilities, he gets to choose two players that will go head-to-head in the incredibly important final competition of the episode, Santa's Showdown. Whoever loses Santa's Showdown will be sent home. We're going to break all this down. So there was a lot of plotting and scheming pre Santa showdown, like who is going to be, you know, up for elimination, who's going to play and all this kind of stuff. I will say this. Listen, she did her best. She I don't even know why she tried to do this, because at the end of the day, um, you know, she should have known that uh, that Frank and Cody were tight. But Taylor did make a good pitch about why Cody should be put up. And unfortunately, it falls on deaf ears because, you know, that is Frankie's buddy. And I, I will find this. I, let me just say this really quick. The fact that Frankie and Cody are so tight, you know, from BB-16. The other BB-16 per, person is Franzel. And it looks like Frankie has no relationship with Franzel. That is kind of interesting. Especially because Franzel and Cody were tight until the betrayal of BB-22. But anyway, moving on. So Frankie ends up sending Cameron and Xavier into Santa's showdown. Also, another little side note, the fact that Brittany didn't know that Xavier won his season, and, like, she even looked like she had Frankie questioning, because <laughs> like, he was like, yeah, he won. She was like, no, and, like, Frankie seemed like like he was, like, second-guessing himself. She was like, no, he won. And she laughed at it just because, you know, Xavier kind of gave her nothing, and also the fact that he is... I mean, he's incredibly athletically built. Like, you can just tell, you know, based off his stature and physique and all this kind of stuff. I think in her mind, she's like, they, like, let him stay until the end? <laughs> like, I thought it was brilliant. Anyway. Uh, so Cameron and Xavier are facing off. Santa showdown. This was a puzzle game. But it was the most elaborate puzzle that we've seen, I would say, dare I say, in Big Brother history. Why they don't have this type of puzzle in the regular Big Brother, I don't motherfucking know. But this was a spectacular puzzle. It was a sweater, and it wasn't just a normal puzzle that you put the pieces together. There were some pieces you had to put on top of pieces. Like, it was a brilliant, brilliant puzzle. There was a little bit of Caitlin blasphemy. <laughs> by Danielle, which I loved. Yes, oh, I loved it. I mean, this was a way more complicated one that Caitlyn had to do, but you know what I'm saying. Like, any shots fired for Caitlyn. I mean, she was entertaining her season, but man, she just blew that puzzle. Anyway. But, um, Xavier ends up winning. And at one point, they were neck and neck, and then Xavier just, you know, he blew it out the, 
whatever. I don't know what the right phrase is, but he just blew it out. And Cameron ends up being eliminated. So, he does end up getting a prize, Jelly of the Month Club. So that's to the Griswolds. I hope yeah. that they I hope that they do have Christmas themed, like you know, figgy pudding or something. You know, like I think all that would be brilliant if that's sort of like their uh, consolation prizes. But let's talk about this. Let's talk about the plotation before Santa Showdown, and then let's talk about the actual showdown. And I want to see if you agree with me in regards to this puzzle. So I found it. It's where I give Frankie credit. He got a lot of information from a lot of people that he's not technically aligned with. And he did a very good job. I don't know. What do you guys think? He played it really well because it's Frankie, right? He, I mean, you could assume he's with Cody, but at the same time, you could assume he's just playing his own game, right? Because Frankie's a very likable person to the people in the house. And I can see that. And, yeah, Taylor gave a lot away. Had she just said... She could have spun it differently, but this is why I feel like her cockiness comes in. Like, she knows the right answer. Like, oh, you, you should not put Xavier and Josh. It makes no sense. And that's what I feel like is her downfall. Like, she thinks she knows too well. And revealing that information to Frankie, you know, he says, yeah, put it away for further reference. It's, it's future reference, by the way. But I understood what Frankie meant. It was good. and the And the same thing with you know talking to danielle and talking to others you know he's able to relay the information hey cody they're after you he's like damn he's like i didn't he's like i already knew it he knows more now well, he knows for sure now so it was interesting to see that and cameron was an easy target he had to go after him but i i personally think if this is just me if frankie really wants to draw the line in the sand and you want to get rid of tough targets and i also have to give credit to cameron Yes, he may not be social, but he is a calm threat. Like, they've seen him win. And you do want to get rid of him. So he's not social, he's a calm threat, kick him out. I would have actually put Xavier and Josh almost as soon as I knew that Taylor had those two. And I know they're like, oh, it's too early. But then again, dude, it's going to be a Final Four battle, it seems like, right? So you need to get people out within the next couple of days, like every day, every day. This is already like week 10 you know of bb and uh, so they got to be playing quickly so seeing them go you know go to him one-on-one i love that the hoh room is santa's office they got really creative and i like that it's a showdown let's get to that point i love the fact that it's not a vote they have their faith in their own hands it reminds me obviously the challenge because at the end you know two go against each other one leaves it reminds me of the way the survivor changed to where the winner used to choose the final person to go with them, but instead they go head-to-head in a fire-making challenge to see who makes it. So I like this a lot. The game itself, dude, I love that giant puzzle. And I feel like you can't have it in a regular BB because it would be maybe a team effort if you make it bigger. But I, I agree with you. They need to make something like that. It was awesome. It was going back and forth. It's huge. It's 57 pieces. They got to fit correctly. But I felt like Cameron, oh, he made a mistake, dude. You always start with the edges of a puzzle, man. I don't think he should have built from the middle out because he wasted too much time figuring out, oh, it piles on for the reindeer. And I think you would have noticed sooner if he did what Xavier did, building outward in, you know, the edges in. But at the same time, dude, Xavier's a beast. Like, don't get me wrong. Cameron's physical. He's a calm beast, yes. Xavier's an actual calm beast. Xavier is in prime shape dude yeah. he went 
he went back and forth a thousand times to like look at the photo and he was still ahead that that speaks volumes dude i enjoyed it man i agree with you they gotta throw this in i i hope i really hope uh, cbs pays attention to what they're doing and how they can put this formula into bb and if anything tell me if you agree or disagree could this maybe potentially give the idea of making our seasons a little shorter instead of longer? I hope not. Be- because I feel like, oh, I, 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 I can understand if they do it because then you have more stuff to do, more comps. But if they don't do it, our biggest complaint, right? They have nothing to do in between. Bring back the luxury comps. Yeah, I feel like that's my hope. Missing. My hope is that this inspires them to do more competitions. Like, bring back the food competition. Like, give them something to do some of the days. Um, I hope it doesn't affect normal Big Brother in regards to season length, but I hope this does inspire normal Big Brother. Like, I don't know if this is going to do well enough to do another season, but, I mean, at least this first episode, it was interesting. It was giving me, and I've never seen the challenge, but it was giving me a little bit of the challenge. It was giving me the traitors, weirdly enough, even though there is no traitor in there, but like the smaller, intimate cast, it was giving me almost like the traitors vibe um, in a good way, which, you know, I, I completely enjoyed. To be quite honest, I didn't know how much time we would actually spend in the Big Brother house, or I should say Santa's Lodge. Like, I didn't know how much time we were going to spend there. Like, I didn't know if we were going to get diary rooms and that sort of thing. So the fact that they did find a way to include all that, and, and it wasn't just straightforward competitions. I was worried that it was going to be like, almost like uh, American Ninja Warrior or something, where it would be like just competition, somebody would be eliminated, another competition, someone would be eliminated, and then they have to show down at the end or something. Um, the fact that it was a little different, and there was the socializing aspect of Big Brother, I really, really enjoyed. Cameron, I mean, I already sort of explained, in my opinion, why I think he was the obvious choice and why it made sense. Um, I do agree with you, um, Taylor, as much as I enjoy her, she showed her cards just a little bit too soon. Um, but also, I will say I enjoyed that season. Okay, let me say this. As much as I don't like that season 16 was there, I did enjoy the scene just because Franzel was involved and she doesn't like Cody. So her having to pretend to be aligned with season 16 just made me laugh. I thought that shit was funny. Um, even though I don't like the season 16 is there and, and, and producers, this is why you don't have, you know, X amount of people from the same season because they're going to align. Like it makes no damn sense. Yeah. But anyway, we didn't talk about the house. I thought the house was beautiful. Like what they did to transform it, um, you know, the different areas, uh, I thought it looked really, really nice. You know, props to them. I don't know how quick the turnaround was. Some people are assuming it was just days after BB25. Maybe it was a couple weeks after. I don't know. But, um, yeah, I enjoyed the the look of the house. What did you think of it, Michael? Dude, it, it looks like they got a budget, finally. Like, is this BB Canada? Like, <laughs> is this BB it Canada? Look, because, man, those... You gotta watch the season. They go all out. I mean, this looks like they went all out. They finally put money in. It looks. I love the. I like. Maybe it's because they had saved so much money during PB twenty five. They had all that extra money. Yeah, those are all old old props from the from the warehouse before they throw them out. Use them for this past season. But it was it was good. I love the way it is. I love the way it looks. I thought they did a great job, and I. It's a. It's refreshing to see a new take on the house. 
So I give them props. Yes. I hope this does inspire them. I really do. Like, I hope these competitions inspire them for regular season. I hope this does well enough that we get another one of these. Because, I mean, so far, it, it's cute. It's fun. It is enjoyable. It's, it's magical. It is just what the holiday season needs. All I right. really hope they do keep mm -hmm. it annual. Like, that's yes. one thing I really do. And I love the fact, I think you kind of brought it up a little bit. I'll say one more thing. I love the fact that they kept it, they kept the social aspect of the game. Because in the end, that's what makes Big Brother so different from a lot of games. And it's one of the first reality shows where you had the social aspect play such a huge part. And I like that they kind of kept that as a focus while tweaking some things. You are right about that, my friend. Yes. All right, I feel like I covered everything. Was there anything that you want to discuss, a tiny moment, a diary room session, or anything that you want to mention before we wrap this thing up? Nope, I feel like it's good. I can't wait for tomorrow's episode. I like the fact that we get three episodes a week. It's, you know, within a week, not on the weekends, but I like that. I'm excited to see what goes on. I'm waiting for more Brittany diary rooms because I, I just love her thought process and the fact that she talks out loud. I agree. Yes, I'm here for Brittany. All right, well, on that note, join us next time for a brand new installment of Expect the Unexpected Reindeer Games. Here's our answer to remind you on how you can interact with us. Follow Poppy Chula Radio on social media. We are on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, at Poppy Chula Radio. Do you have any questions, suggestions, comments, or concerns? Email us via contact at poppychularadio.com. Are you interested in joining the Poppy Chula Radio team as an on-air personality? Email talent at poppychularadio.com. Binge listen to your favorite Poppy Chula Radio programs by visiting poppychularadio.com slash archives. You can also download tonight's broadcast and the rest of the series through Apple Podcasts and Google Play. Thanks, announcer, my co-host. Please wish the listeners a very merry good night. Good night, people, and happy Merry Holidays. Thanks for tuning in. Subscribe to Expect the Unexpected Reindeer Games via Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and iHeartRadio. You can also download the entire series by visiting poppychularadio.com slash archives. Good night and happy holidays. I, I forgot to mention, I really like Jordan. I'm happy to see her back. Oh. I was always a fan of her. I thought she was cute.